Time now for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun this morning. Good morning, Vaughn. And good morning, Simi. All right, let's start with talking about what is going on on the housing file. I know there's been some advancements in the Penticton situation, also in Beacon Hill, right, in Victoria? Yeah, I think uh, fair to say local government around British Columbia, all eyes will be on what happens here in Victoria on the 1st of May. So we've had an encampment for a year. Beacon Hill Park, which is normally the one of the top tourist attractions in the city, although we don't have as many tourists, obviously. Uh, the city council here in Victoria had a rule that uh, you had to move on if you were camping overnight in the park at 7 a.m., and that was being enforced. They waived the rule last year because there was such a problem with homelessness. Uh, a lot of the other places that homeless people were going to were, were closed. They let it happen, and it got out of control. We've had... Uh, We've had tragedy in the park. Uh, police are investigating two deaths there. There's been violence. Uh, there's been, uh, oh, we even made CNN at one point, Simi, because somebody uh, decapitated the statue of Queen Victoria in the park. So how are we going to end this? It's, once you get to one of these things happen, it's not going to be easy to get rid of them. Um, but the uh, housing minister, David Eby, and uh, city council signed an agreement on Monday that is supposed to end it. It's a deal, and here's the deal. The province will provide sufficient shelter, uh, temporary, permanent, and otherwise, for about 200 people, and in return, the city reinstates its bylaw against camping, uh, and that is you have to clear out at 7 a.m. every day, And the city agrees to start enforcing that on the 1st of May. So it's a big deal. Uh, David Eby says he hopes this will be a template for other places in British Columbia, including, I would guess, Vancouver. We'll see if it works. We will see if it works because, I mean, he managed to cut a deal for this one, but he's had a, he's more aggressive, I would say, on the housing file that we've seen previously. Yeah, I think so. And I, it, you know, there's two things. I mean, first of all, David Eby doesn't lack for aggression, as uh, any BC liberal will tell you who's been true. through money laundering with him or uh, the, uh, the showdown over ICBC. So I think that's the first thing. But the other thing is, this is a, this is one of those really, really difficult problems in government. I mean, the pandemic has made the problem of homelessness worse. These people are vulnerable for sure. And it has also led to these invasions of parks and public spaces. And uh, so how do you solve it? And, you know, EB has been pretty candid. He, he said the other day that the people in the encampments in the park here in Victoria, particularly Beacon Hill Park, he admitted that a significant number of those people, this is David Eby talking, a significant number of those people have had more contact with the attorney general side of my ministry than the housing side. So there's the challenge. Um, the other thing is, as we know, some people don't want to move indoors into government shelter. So uh, Eby has said we're not forcing anyone to move into the government shelters, government-provided shelters, and there's a range of them. But they're not going to be able to set up permanent encampments in the parks anymore. The parks are there for recreational use by all citizens. And I can tell you, Simi, I I live quite near Beacon Hill Park, that a number of my neighbors won't go near the park at the moment Mm. because they don't consider it safe. So... 
this is a really this is a real problem and it's a tough one to solve. I certainly wish he be the best of luck and success in making this work on May the 1st and as I said, I think people uh, places like Penticton and Vancouver, Nanaimo, I think Kamloops it's an issue. We'll all be looking to see does this work because those communities uh, have problems like this as well. They sure do. Uh, let's also talk about budgets here. We were just talking about the federal government yeah. getting ready to bring down a budget April 19th for the first time in two years. What's the deal with BC's budget? Well, it's not as bad as the federal situation. Uh, we've had, we had a budget last year. We're getting one this year. It's late. Uh, we won't get it for uh, another three weeks or so. Um, the budget year begins on April the 1st, so you know, in order for the government to pay its bills and keep people employed and provide services, they need what is called a supply bill and supply of money. So there's one of those before the legislature at the moment. It's uh, not a small one, $13 billion. Uh, the New Democrats are saying, well, this is just business as usual. It is not. The opposition parties, uh, the Greens and the Liberals have both pointed that out. Uh, under B.C. budget law for 20 years, We've had uh, budgets before the beginning of the financial year. We've had supply bills laid before the legislature and passed before the beginning of the financial year. And we've been told, at least uh, in terms of percentages and so forth, where the money's going to be spent. There's none of that this year. This is a departure from budget legislation that was started under the New Democrats way back in the 1990s after the budget, budget scandal. You can look that one up and continued by the B.C. Liberals. So as with the fixed election date, uh, John Horgan has abandoned, uh, at least temporarily, the budget legislation. New Democrats are saying, well, you know, uh, it's all about the pandemic, right? It, it's amazing to me what governments try to get away with yeah. under the cover of the pandemic. Look, the pandemic didn't stop the Horgan government from calling a snap election and putting the government into caretaker mode for weeks. And one of the reasons the budget is late is because the, the government was in caretaker mode and couldn't get the budget ready. So uh, we're going ahead. Uh, the New Democrats, obviously, they have the votes to get this through. Um, Simeon and the opposition parties have been complaining and pointing out the weaknesses and the lack of detail. But they're voting for the legislation as well because they don't want, you know, they want people to have those services. They want public service to be paid. It's got to be passed uh, by tomorrow when the House adjourns uh, before the beginning of the financial year. So it'll go through. But, you know, it, it's as I said, it's not as, as much of an outrage as what's going on in Ottawa. But it is an example, as I say, of the kinds of things that uh, governments are exploiting the pandemic uh, to change the rules. Yeah, and that's a lot. That's a lot to cram in. Then just this last couple of days, too, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. No, they they brought it in and they tabled the bill. I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, uh, the Greens uh, got up. Uh, actually, I think the best speech on this was given by Adam Olson of the Greens uh, last week. I mean, he just he just said, "Look, uh, this is not business as usual. You're saying it is, but it isn't. Here's where it's different." And he also really pointed out, as the Greens have, that this is a function of of the government having decided to smuggle through a snap election under the cover of the pandemic uh, when it wasn't necessary. And as a result, an awful lot of stuff that government normally does was delayed because the government was in caretaker mode for 
five weeks of an election and really another five weeks while they reorganized themselves and counted the votes and appointed a new cabinet and all that. So we're behind schedule. It's because of the new Democrats. It isn't just because of the pandemic. Also, thanks for making me feel old this morning, Vaughn, by referring to the fudget budget and then telling people to look it up if they don't know what it is. And I thought, wait a minute, I was a reporter when that happened. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I'm just sitting over here in my dotage, Kimmy, is, is Simi just living in the past. <laughs> no, I'm living with you apparently now because I remember that too. So thank yeah. you for that, Vaughn. <laughs> Have a good day. That bye is Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun this morning. Yeah, lots to talk about.